Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. It is a Tuesday on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. Rod B out today. We were in a fever yesterday, so I said, hey man, get some rest. Get some rest. As we know, sometimes you get through the holidays, company, people, you just never know. And let's hope he's okay uh, with our Rod B. He'll get back as soon as he can. Uh, we will carry it for him all the way until uh, 11 o'clock this morning. Coming up, bottom of this hour, excited. I just got a note from my buddy Craig Flowers, the retired colonel, host of the high ground back in the day, hopefully again on the horn in the future. Uh, he's going to join us and talk some uh, culture, talk Texas, Steve Sarkeesian. And interesting, um, you know, he has known the quarterback of Oklahoma State, uh, Alan Bowman, for a long time. Actually worked with him at the Arid Out Camp out in West Texas, and he went to Texas Tech. Uh, Craig just mentioned to me that he wrote a, a letter of recommendation for him to get to grad school at Michigan and uh, had a recent conversation with the, U- with the Oklahoma State quarterback uh, so we'll get a preview of what that conversation is about, whatever he can share with us. But uh, interesting. And that's, that's, that's the state of college athletics right now. Uh, Alan Bowman was in that aired out camp, went to Texas Tech. You know, they couldn't keep quarterbacks healthy. And then, um, you know, got his degree, though, from Texas Tech while he was there. And got, he's got a graduate degree from Michigan. Great school. But he's still playing college football at Oklahoma State in his final year and has a chance to win a Big 12 championship. So we'll talk to, Coach, uh, to, to Colonel Flowers about that conversation. Also, I want to mention his thoughts on how Sark has, uh, has developed the culture at this program. We know that's, that uh, Colonel Flowers specializes in you know, human intelligence and uh, elite team building and those type of things from his military days, and he's carried that into his post-military career. Uh, his thoughts on how Sark is done. We'll hear Sark talking about you know, Culture Wednesdays. He was asked about this. I mean, every week Sark gets asked more and more about how he's you know, gotten in touch with this team and, you know, genuine bonds, you know, player to player and coach to player. Uh, pretty good stuff. I'm assuming Craig Flowers has been a fan of what he's heard from Sark. Um, not the case down at Texas A&M. They're trying to rebuild their culture. Also ask him about the, uh, the, the Jimbo Fisher departure and the Mike Elko hire because I'm pretty certain that Colonel has worked with Mike Elko before behind the scenes. So that's coming up. Bottom of this hour, we'll also have a, a Rod's rant. Uh, Ty and I will fill in for the rant because we've got plenty we can rant about. And we, you have plenty you can rant about. From those questions we asked, Ty, how about this? In the, uh, in the, the off-the-record segment, uh, we, asked, we asked who is the most hated TV character. Uh, this Coach Cornut says uh, the Kardashians, all of them. Okay, that's pretty good. I like that. And uh, this one says um, – where did that go? J.R. Ewing on Dallas. Jamie Dutton. Did you ever get into Yellowstone, Ty? Yeah, I stopped watching it once it got all – it got a little too soap opery for me. But yes, the, it did. The early but seasons yes, that, are good. Yeah, that's a good one. They, they painted J, uh, Jamie Dutton as a, certainly a villain. Uh, good one. So we'll take those the rest of the way. Uh, this says, hey, Ty, come get some fajita tacos from the corner store in Del Valley. They put you – they get you on some real fajitas. There you go, because Ty is craving. This says Fajita Pete's in Cedar Park, close to Avery Ranch, is phenomenal. And several people said that Fajita Pete's is the bomb, so that's a good thing. Uh, appreciate that. This says uh, Texas wearing white uniforms as a home team Saturday. Yeah, I've seen that. That that popped today. You see that, Ty, that uh, even though they're going to be the home team for the Big 12 championship game, uh, I think because they have the better record, that uh, they got to choose, and they're going to go with the Stormtroopers, Stormtrooper Whites, mm. which are some of the best uniforms in college football. I love those. Yeah, I don't. I, I feel I have some Call bad man. memories with us wearing those, though. Uh, why, the last time ones? we played in the Big Twelve Championship, we wore those. Maybe not. That's true. That was true. And you were were you at that at that game because because your quarterback your your, your, your quarterback in high school was yes. uh, Sam Ellinger, and he was the quarterback of that team. I was at that game myself. Did you attend? 
Yeah, I was actually in a box for that game. Um, Ooh, you know people. And uh, uh, one of my friends I was in the me. press box it's, for that game. The, the, that... the game's around my birthday, so I uh, he he took me. And uh, I, I would never go to a game, like a big game like that, and sit in a box, though, again. I didn't enjoy the environment. There was some distracting. Like free, free booze, Ty. It was free booze, yes, free food. <laughs> but there was well, some... it's not free. It's free to you if you're invited in with well, a ticket. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're, well, they're nice enough. Well, one, it was a mixed box. So there was OU and Texas people there. And there were some young Boo. ladies that were around our age that knew nothing about football and literally asked me what a first down was at one point during the game in a very intense moment. And I was like, what am I doing? You know, I, I need to I need to focus up and stop lock in, yeah, and start. Yeah, well, start look, I mean, my head. it's amazing that this is only the Longhorns. I mean, this is their seventh all-time trip to this game. They've been six previous times, and remember, there wasn't a Big Twelve championship game from 2011 to 2016, but they Longhorns didn't win the Big Twelve in those years. Um, but you know, this is their sixth trip. They went the first time and won the first one. Uh, of course, 0509 won it and won a national championship, played for a national championship those years. And in 2018 was, was the last trip, and they lost to Kyler Murray. And that was, of course, they had beaten Kyler Murray in, in Oklahoma in the, uh, the dicker-to-kicker game um, you know, in, in, at the Cotton Bowl. And then they turned around and lost to Kyler Murray and the Sooners in that, that Big 12 title game. And if you, if you haven't been up in a while, they do you – know, they put on you – know, we're going to be up there, uh, the Horn. I'm going to get you full details, hopefully tomorrow, with, with dates and times and places. But I know pretty much where we're going to be on Friday afternoon. I can tell you this. If you joined us on Friday afternoon for the Texas OU game in October, uh, I'll just tease we may be in a very <laughs> an identical place uh, Friday afternoon doing, doing the very same thing. So we'll tell you about that coming up. Just got to finalize it. And also on Saturday morning, uh, we're going to be live in Arlington. Uh, at a place called Jay Gilligan's. Jay Gilligan's is right in Arlington, down in the old main, main Arlington area. And here's a little note. You can look up Jay Gilligan's online. They've got food and drinks, and they'll be open by 7.30. We'll be broadcasting live that morning uh, with our live coverage. We'll also have some crew here in Austin broadcasting live, but we will be live. And uh, Jay Gilligan's shuttles to the stadium. Uh, you know, the, the owner there, Randy, I was talking to him yesterday. He said they expect to shuttle, you know, five, six, seven hundred people from that, that spot over to the stadium and then back. So you can grab some breakfast, grab a drink, get, you know, get in the shuttle and then come back and there's your car. Right. So, um, you know, Jay Gilligan's in Arlington is where it will be on Saturday morning. But they do do a pretty good job, Ty, if memory serves, of, you know, they, they, it's a big 12 title game. So there's a lot of things interactively going on around the stadium if you're going up there to tailgate, they do have some things going on. It's not Bebo Boulevard, but they do have activations and things happening around the game. It's a it's a championship game, and I, there, there's a concert at halftime, is there not? Isn't it like uh, who's the who's the I can't remember who they announced. Ooh, it's a, the, it's uh, a rapper. Yeah, I forget. I, who like is. Brett Yormark, the Big Twelve Commissioner, who you know is, is going to hate the moment when he's got to hand the Big Twelve Championship Trophy to Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns if they can win this game Saturday because it's their final game as a member of the Big Twelve. Uh, but you know they 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 you know, you know Brett Yormark coming from Rock Nation and his mind and for marketing, there will be a lot going on. Uh, this is a and it's the Longhorns' you know, last game in the Big Twelve. Pretty cool. So uh, and so if you you have if you have any knowledge of what's going on, I will be digging into that this week. But I will also tell you that you can join us Friday afternoon. It's going to be in downtown Dallas, and you can also join us on Saturday morning in downtown Arlington at Jay Gilligan. So uh, we'll get you full details on that coming up as the week goes on. We're also obviously waiting on Rod's status, Rod Babers, and how he's going to feel and what part of he can be of our of our coverage live and uh, getting you ready for the Big 12 championship game. Uh, also, top headlines. How about this, Ty? Did you uh, see that uh, Jerry Jones Jerry Jones was on uh, doing his weekly radio hit with the fan this morning? 
and mentioned that he's going to lunch today with Darius Shaq Leonard. Shaq Leonard, the linebacker, uh, released in a cap casualty in a new coaching staff situation in Indianapolis. Uh, but going to lunch with him, sounds like there could be a deal done for the Cowboys to land uh, a big-time linebacker. I've seen him uh, as a Texans fan. You face the Colts twice a year. Darius Leonard, I call him Darius because that's what they called him in the beginning. Now he's Shaq. But Shaq Leonard's a really good player. And see if he wants to be a Dallas Cowboy. You know, well, Jerry said openly, we're, we're going to lunch. And he said, that he, here's what he said. He said, he's been an outstanding player. We want to check on his health. That's what we've been doing right now. This isn't a hard scouting job. We have a pretty attractive situation for any player. So uh, that pretty much sounds like lunch today. Was if the medicals check out, the Cowboys could be adding a, a, you know, a linebacker in a place they need, right? They lost to Marvion Overshone back in training camp. He was going to be a piece to this Dan Quinn defense. And then Leighton Van Der Esch is out for the year. So this, this could uh, be an opportunity for, for the Cowboys if something drops right in their lap. It doesn't really sound like uh, he likes his guys right now. Likes his guys, who? You no, know, that's what he always says. I like my – we like our guys. We like our guys. Well, if you can add another guy. who Shaq Leonard can play. I mean, yeah, he can but, play. He's got but, speed. There's a reason. I mean, he's not coming in to be a star player. Are you, uh, the you're reason not he was the really, player that, you, that, that he was three years ago. Yeah, but you're not – I mean, the, the reason that the Colts tr- cut him loose is, uh, from everything I've read in Indianapolis, is, you know, it's a new head coaching staff. Uh, and a new defense, and maybe he's not doesn't fit the scheme, but he fits what Dan Quinn does. Um, this guy's a three-time All-Pro. I mean, this guy's a really good player, and he's still got some time. You're not, but you're not signing him for a lot of money. That's the whole thing, right? I mean, the the reason the the Colts decided you know we're moving on is you know he, he's going to save him sixteen or seventeen million dollars in cap space this upcoming offseason. That was the reason the move was made. Uh, like I think it's. I, I, I mean, having seen the guy play a lot, I think it's a really good move for the Cowboys if they pull this off today. Yeah, no, but I mean. it's going to be about the medicals. Be about the medicals. Nelly, Nelly is the halftime act, by the way. Mm. Nelly is the halftime act. Uh, somebody said that uh, the worst TV characters, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, yes. in their NFL relationship. Nice job. Every person on the View is the worst TV character. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. Uh, and now that I'm doing the show from the uh, home studio in Onion Creek, Texas, I sometimes I leave it on because in the morning, Ty, when I get up and start uh, preparing, I watch like the local news, like the daybreak thing. And sometimes it stay, I, I don't change it, and it stays on there, and all of a sudden we're watching The View, Rod and I. It's like, I've, oh, man. I've accidentally watched The View before. It's, um, that would have to be how it happens, right? You'd, you'd accidentally have to watch it because I don't think you would choose to watch that show. What's that, that, what's that show's demographic? Obviously oh, women. Women. But women, yes. What, what age bracket? Oh, well, I think that's why they have, you know – Females of every age group, right? Well, They're trying to attract all of them. I can tell you there's, the no, there's no women my age that are watching The View. I can promise you that. That's probably true. But, yes, I, mean, I would guess 40 to 75 would be their <laughs> wheelhouse, maybe 35 to 75. Look, these are people that wake up and watch Good Morning America, right? I mean, that's kind of how that works. You watch Good Morning America, then you leave it on The View, and then here comes whatever the soap operas are on. These are people that are home watching TV in the morning. You're drinking wine. I mean, we're up – we're, you know, they might be day drinkers. They might gla- gla- grab a, ga- a glass of Chardonnay by, by midday. That's nothing wrong with that, right? If you're, what are you doing? You know, taking care of kids and those kind of things. But, uh, yeah, I don't know who watches The View. But we know who their target demo is. Hey, uh, can we get to Rod's rant of the day? We're going to talk to Craig Flowers, bottom of the hour. It should be some good stuff there revealed with the, uh, the retired colonel. Uh, good to hear his voice as well. But let's get to uh, Rod's rant of the day, even without Rod. Rod's Rant of the Day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite 
and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, so Rod does deep dive rants. Uh, I've got several little rants, and we're going to let you get one off your chest or two, Ty, if you've got them. I, you know, I'm going to rant on this a couple times again. Uh, uh, the Monday night football game last night was absolutely atrocious and unwatchable. The only thing wrong with saying that, I mean, that's just an opinion, an observation of a 12-10 to 10 Bears victory in Minnesota in which the, the third-string quarterback Josh Dobbs threw four interceptions and the Bears won a game without scoring a touchdown. Um, pretty, pretty much unwatchable and another primetime under tie. So hopefully you're taking our advice and making a little bit of money on the side with your cousin taking these primetime unders because you're way up if you are. Uh, but shame on the NFL. I mean, they, they, they knew that game was on the schedule. Last offseason, they created a rule and voted on a rule and, and passed a rule uh, with their TV partners and the teams that allow them to flex Monday night football games that are not attractive matchups uh, for a better game starting week 12. And guess what? Thanksgiving week was week 12. Uh, they could have flexed that game, any number of games. The Bills game with the, uh, the, the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday afternoon. I mean, Rod and I obviously argued for the Jacksonville-Houston game, which was a battle for the first place in the AFC, North, or AFC South, and it was a great football game. Trevor Lawrence had a great game. C.J. Stroud battled and brought him back, and they you know, missed a field goal that banged off the crass bar on the final drive that would have sent it to overtime potentially. That's a hell of a game. Ty, rant, man. Are you kidding me? Why didn't they change this? Why didn't they give us a better game? Because last night there was it was an unwatchable football game for Minneapolis. Um, maybe the Josh Dobbs storyline. Oh, that can't, that can't be the answer. I, it can't be. The give, only... me the, give me the C.J. Stroud storyline. Give me the uh, Trevor Lawrence. How many Texans I mean, first... fans are there, though, for being real? Well, how many Josh Dobbs fans are there? Good night. Maybe they well, – I mean, how many primetime games does Minnesota have this year? Maybe that was their Dude, the one thing I do watch on these TVs in the morning, because Rod always chides me and rants about the fact that I put in my – because on my direct TV package, I've got a six-screen sports mix they have uh, where I can watch ESPN. I've got uh, six different things going on my big screen. Uh, listen, they talk about C.J. Stroud a lot these days. We know the Cowboys are always on the shows with Stephen A. Smith, and they all have their show, and they, they talk about topics. The, the, you know, Dak Prescott is obviously in the Cowboys. It's always a topic. But C.J. Stroud is becoming more and more a conversation. Is he in the MVP race? You know, he's the best rookie quarterback since who? Those kind of things. There was, that was a compelling storyline. And, I, I, you know, it's – okay, give me the Bills game. You know, give me the Bills – Eagles game, and I know that was the 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 big marquee late afternoon game, but that, maybe that's why they can't do it. They, you know, Fox would have pitched a fit if they tried to take that game from him because it was a hell of a game middle of the afternoon on Sunday. But um, you know, again, the Jack, me, you call me a Texans homer. Uh, the game built lived up to the billing. It was a tremendous football game. Uh, it was exciting. It was uh, it was really good. Compare that to last night. And the problem is, you made a rule to prevent that, and then the first week you were able to use the rule, you didn't do it. Uh, I really don't understand that uh, NFL TV logic, but uh, Ty disagrees. Ty, do you have a rant for me? What do, what's your rant this morning? I do. Um, I'm going to talk a little Dak Prescott. Um, so the news came out yesterday that he is um, with child, or his girlfriend is. Donald True? He's with child. He's having a baby. Oh, Dak Prescott. Mm -hmm. he's, he's having okay. a little girl. So he came out and said that he's been playing so well in the Cowboys 5-1 stretch where he's averaging 312 yards per game, completing over 70% of his passes, has 18 touchdown passes and only two interceptions. He says uh, it's, it's his dad's strength that's putting him over the top right now. 
It's his big deck energy, you know, mm. that he's, he's put to good use. I like that. Which is now something that child. I, I, I have straight up betted on, on, on or place bets because people have just had babies. Uh, we saw the Fred, <laughs> Fred Van Vliet when the, when the uh, Toronto Raptors won the uh, NBA championship. He had uh, a child just before the playoffs started, and he went on a career run and kind of you know, pushed that team along with Kawhi Leonard through uh, the playoffs. So. I don't know. Maybe I'm so I'm buying back into Dak Prescott now that I've heard this news. I, I did not. I was okay. not aware yeah. that there was. He's known for a few weeks, obviously, but it, they've kept it quiet. So now that it's public knowledge, we could, should see some betting lines uh, move here. What do we What do we know about his girlfriend? Do we know who she is? I mean, she's she's very attractive, obviously, and they she put a picture out on Instagram. That's it's a it's she's a sexy very picture pregnant. for sure. She's very pregnant. So this thing, you know, it's her, and you, you know, it's it's it's, it's tasteful. But it's revealing, and uh, it's one of those you know nice Instagram photos. I'm assuming. Do we know who she, who this this lady is? Um, no, I'm. Any clue? Uh, oh, Sarah Jane Ramos. Okay. It's expecting right, well, the baby girl in March, early March. Baby girl March, so she's kind of halfway there. Okay, well, good for Dak. And look, I've said, and this is not uh, breaking news, but the Dak Prescott and his role run for a for a, for an MVP. You know, his conversation about that. It it, it starts Thursday night. Because no one's paying attention to the Cowboys. I mean, everybody pays attention to them, but in big picture, where they stack, no one's talking about the Cowboys because they're mopping up on bad teams, and both times we've seen them play a good team, they've lost. Um, and we saw them in, in, in primetime against you know, the marquee game against San Francisco, and they got smoked. And a couple of weeks ago, they played the Eagles and you know, lost a game they had no business losing, but that leads to the narrative of they're, they're still not able to beat good teams and finish good teams, where the Eagles, the Cowboys outplayed the Eagles, but the Eagles still won the game, and that's Jalen Hurts being a winner. Uh, the Buffalo Bills can say the exact same thing in their game last week. They outplayed the Eagles and then lost the game in overtime because that Philadelphia team's got a resiliency to it and a, and a toughness that I think is built from their quarterback. But this is the, the Cowboys' opportunity, whether you know Dak with child is and the big Dak energy is coming, that's great. But you've got to prove it against good teams. And this week on Thursday, um, we just talked about the bad primetime game last night. Uh, you get a good one. This, was, uh, this, this Thursday night Amazon Prime game is the Cowboys hosting the uh, uh, Seattle Seahawks. In Seattle, we just saw them get throttled by the 49ers on, on the, the, the last game of Thursday uh, after the Cowboys had throttled the Washington Commanders. So both teams played Turkey Day. Cowboys won easily. Seahawks got dis- dis- manhandled by the really good 49ers. But this is the first of that five-game stretch Rod and I have talked about a lot. You play this game, then you have extra time. If you can beat the, the Seahawks, whether you sign Shaq Leonard or not, I don't know. But if you can beat the Seahawks on Thursday night on your home field, you then have 10 days to get ready and, and get healthy as possible for Philadelphia in your return engagement with the Eagles. And that'll be obviously another primetime game. Uh, everybody will watch, just like they'll watch Thursday night. And, you know, Cowboys beat the, the Seahawks, and he outplays Geno, you know, Dak outplays Geno Smith and keeps playing like he is. You know, that conversation's going to be had about Dak and the MVP. And then you get a head-to-head matchup with, uh, think about that, Ty. Uh, from, you go from Geno Smith head-to-head, Pete Carroll, you know, typically a well-coached team, but Cowboys are more talented. Then you get the Eagles uh, and everything that comes with that. Uh, and, and Nick Sirianni, the, the most punchable face in football. And then you turn around and you go to Buffalo and you go to Miami in back-to-back weekends. So you're facing Josh Allen, uh, a team much, you know, the 6-6 six and six team that feels like they're better than that, but that's what they are. And then the Miami Dolphins uh, on Christmas Eve on a Saturday uh, against Tua. And then you wrap up that five-game stretch with the Detroit Lions in a home game in which they'll put Jimmy Johnson into the ring of honor. And that's your five-game stretch. So over the next five, you're facing some of the best quarterbacks and some of the best coaches 
in pro football, this is the opportunity to make your statement, right? I mean, what are they going to be? And, and I'm pretty sure to, to say, Ty, that you know, your, your investment in the Cowboys and how much you're buying them will, will change quite a bit here in the next month, either good or bad. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I think three of those four games you mentioned will be, will be wins. I, I think the, either the Bills or the Dolphins game could go the other way, but I think they get the Eagles at home. I, I, yeah, any, they anytime That's they're playing at home, if they can somehow, if the Eagles can start dropping a few, that game uh, on Sunday Sunday was huge for the Cowboys. If the, the Bills could have won that game, I, I, they need home field advantage going into the playoffs. I think I, th- I think the Cowboys probably have the number one home field advantage in the NFL right now. Think so? All right, well, that's interesting. I mean, I like the look uh, I think Philadelphia is pretty tough to beat there. I mean, yeah, uh, true. I, I, but I do agree. I mean, you, you'd much rather be playing San Francisco or Philadelphia in your building, right? I just not. Uh, it's Detroit. not so much about like the actual crowd, like helping. Uh, obviously, it does in in both situations. But I, I, I think just Dallas plays so much better at home. Yeah, just they play fast. They play fast on defense. It's loud. More comfortable. And look, I mean, if you if you don't like the Cowboys and, and they play well these next two games, Seattle and Philadelphia, you can ready be ready. For the because because if they win this game Thursday night they'll be nine and three if they beat the Eagles in prime time a week later Rod uh, Ty they're going to be you know ten and three with a win over the Eagles if they're able to win that game and then they'll just be one game back of Philadelphia at that point in the division the the, the Dallas Cowboys hype train is going to take off into December you can expect that right now if they lose then the same narrative we talk about they can't be good teams will continue if they win a couple of these games look out. Uh, because uh, there's nothing like the the media and the national narrative when the Cowboys are good and people start pushing that uh, that conversation and that Cowboys have a chance to put themselves and if they do uh, things we've talked about like Dak Prescott should be in the MVP race, uh, Deron Bland should be the leader for Defensive Player of the Year with six you know interception returns for touchdowns. Those things will will jet, for, for sure pick up momentum. C.D. Lamb. As the guy you're talking about is one of the best receivers in the league, the way he's playing. But you have to go do it in these big marquee games. No one's really paying attention uh, to what they've done to these bad teams. And can I give you this number, Ty? Here is the number that the Cowboys have to deal with. Uh, in their eight wins, the Cowboys, the, the eight wins have come against teams who are 25 and 52, okay? 25 and 52. And they've outscored those eight teams by 199 points. So, again, those teams are 27 games under 500. So that's who they're beating. There are two losses um, to teams over 500 or by minus 37 points. So the next three weeks or five weeks, they're playing six and five Seattle, six and five, uh, six and six Buffalo, nine and one Philadelphia, seven and three Miami, eight and three Detroit. So that's the task. You know, go get it, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and that'll be Rod's rant uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. A little bit in there. Hey, Ty, by the way, a little, little quick rant. Then we'll talk to Craig Flowers at the bottom of the hour. Were you surprised to hear that the Lake Travis-Westlake uh, game this week, the Battle of the Lakes uh, for, a, for a, a trip to, to move forward in the state playoffs is being played in Pflugerville? Was that a good choice? What, uh, what's your rant on that? Uh, I mean, it'll be sold out, that's for sure. I, I'd rather play I I'd rather play the, at a stadium. I, I've never been can, to that stadium, so I don't know. I've never been at that stadium. I'd rather play somewhere where you can have it completely packed opposed to going to DKR and just having like, okay. the bottom. You know, it's – it's, it's, uh, even even when it's we one played of those new stadiums, I'm, even when we played but, at like NRG be, and those bigger stadiums, college stadiums, I I I didn't like it because it just it kind of took the high school vibe out of it. I'd, I'd rather the state championship be at Waco ISD Stadium and have that have that thing packed <laughs> to the you. brim because it'd be outside. Logistically, cool. obviously, it doesn't work, but I I, I think that's cool. Well, I, I I think you're right about that, but no, that's a good rant right there. You'd rather have it be at a packed high school stadium 
versus a, a you know, even there's 40,000 people at DKR, it's, you know, a fourth empty at that point, or two-thirds empty. All right, we'll come back when we do. Craig Flowers, the, um, uh, the retired colonel, will weigh in. He had a recent conversation with Alan Bowman, his thoughts on the Aggie situation, and Steve Sarkeesian and his culture building. We'll talk to all things with our, our man, Colonel Craig Flowers. Coming back on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hook Em Up with no Rod Babers today. Rod under the weather. Hope he can get back here tomorrow or later in the week. We'll man the ship until he does. Coming up uh, for the top of the hour, a little round of who said that time I'll play. Always fun. Some good audio from around the sports world. Also, the fabulous fifth hour. If you missed our conversation with uh, Ari Temkin, uh, Sirius XM's Big 12 Radio. He had a really good conversation with us in our, in our first hour talking about uh, his assessment of Texas and Oklahoma State. And let's remember, uh, Ari will remind you, he picked big. He picked Oklahoma State, Ari did, uh, to win the Big 12 championship way back at, at Big 12 media days and into the season. And as we talked about, uh, he, he has a chance to be a prophet here because not a lot of people were picking Oklahoma State. Uh, they've got uh, Ollie Gordon and Mike Gundy doing one of his best coaching jobs to turn around a 2-2 two and two start into a 7-1 and one finish. And here they are playing for the Big 12 title. So you're from Ari. Ari, of course, host, host of uh, Big 12 Radio and Sirius XM, so covering the conference uh, wall-to-wall. So we'll get his thoughts. Also, if you missed it, Jerry Hamilton, our uh, Longhorn Insider with uh, Inside Texas, uh, all things Texas and Oklahoma State with, with the G-Man uh, coming your way in, in our next hour. But uh, right now, can we go to the Vaqueros Hotline, very familiar voice and uh, person to these airways. Uh, the high ground, of course, a staple of our Saturday morning lineup back in the day. Hopefully we'll be again soon. Uh, he is the, uh, the retired colonel, our man uh, Jay Craig Flowers. Hello, Jay Craig. How are you, my friend? Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, doing well. It's, uh, it's great to be back on these airways in the capital city of the great state. Yeah, man, I can't wait to maybe hope, hope to revive that show at some point into the new year. That would be uh, no tease there, but that would be fun to be able to do. You bet. Uh, how are you? Can I say one thing? Can I, uh, since I talked to you last, I have had my, uh, and this is not a commercial, but we both had our teeth restored by our band, Dr. Greg Eckert. And when you did it, uh, yeah. I said, you know what? I'm going to do that. I need to do that. Can I just say thanks to Dr. Eckert? Thanks to you for taking the leap. And now I'm, I'm 50, about to be 51 and have the, the teeth restoration. And you told me how much I'd love it. And thanks for, thanks for the, the sage advice, my friend. You know, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I thought about that this morning when you texted me asking me to come on at the, the bottom of the 9 o'clock hour. And, you know, I, I sent Greg Eckert, uh, Dr. Eckert, a, a text uh, a couple of weeks ago because – you know, it, it, it really changes lives. It's, you know, I'm, I get to speak a lot, and, and I wanted him to read the text out loud to his entire team. He, he is as advertised, and uh, as you experienced, it's a life-changing deal, and uh, he is just the, the best in the care and uh, just a remarkable, a remarkable man and uh, so grateful to have met him. Yeah, you do a lot of public speaking. I obviously do a lot of public speaking and videos and those kind of things. And it's just amazing. It really does uh, change your, your, your want to smile and uh, how you feel confident yeah. about that smile. And it really does change. And uh, so you're still doing the, uh, the public speaking and uh, leadership training and those type of things. Um, now, let me ask you this. You mentioned, and I'll let you tell the story, but you had a, a good conversation with the Oklahoma State quarterback, Alan Bowman, recently. And I'll tell folks that you knew him from the arid out camps out there in uh, – 
Um, you know, West Texas that you've been such a part of for such a long time with Lifetime Longhorn David Thomas and Coach Wardis. And so you've known this young guy since he's a, you know, high school, high school player. And now he is, you know, 23 years old. What was your, what's your memory? What, what, give me your thoughts on Alan Bowman. Then what was your conversation with him about? A completely different man than uh, the, the young boy that uh, grew up in the air it out experience, along with Cody Hodges, who led the nation in passing for Texas Tech. Alan Bowman, known him since the eighth grade. Um, he's six foot four, two hundred and five pounds, something like that, out of Grapevine, Texas, and uh, was—he's a very different young man today than he was when he became famous for the horns down in the end zone. When he was playing for uh, Lubbock, and of course, all roads lead through Lubbock. But he is a uh, a very different cat now, and he manages the game very differently. He'll be twenty-four in March. Uh, he called me last week out of nowhere, just sitting there. I'm, I'm in a, in a men's grill at a country club, going to play some golf, and there's Alan Bowman calling. He's, he now has different, what I call, in a, there's a great book called Mindset. His singing skills are very different. And let me give you a couple examples. If you watched the Oklahoma State game uh, last uh, weekend against uh, BYU, uh, his receivers and his running back made at least three mental errors, perhaps four and back in, when he was an 18-, 19-year-old, uh, he would have behaved very differently after those mistakes that were not his fault. Uh, but he has matured to the point now where he recognizes that uh, blaming and complaining or defending just doesn't matter. Uh, that gets to the culture of the individual. And when he called me last week, uh, you know, he was pretty chatty about, uh, excited, in fact, that his mindset is completely different than it was Several years ago, uh, you'll see a, a guy that's very poised. That, that you know, the cliche is the game has slowed down, but really his seeing skills have sped up, which is going to be important when you when you see what you know what what Baron Morton went through last week against the Longhorns, because um, in many ways your eyes better speed up against this Longhorn defensive front because they come at you quick like like nobody I've ever seen uh, this year. But Alan Bowman is a different leader on that team and he went through some some spring training where he wasn't taking the 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 reps with the number one uh, coach gundy you know had an idea that perhaps uh, bowman would not be the starter uh, it was clear to me and many others that uh, he was going to be to include the locker room and now he's become the, the number one and i think you're going to see a very different quarterback that you saw just a few years ago when he you know famously sat in the end zone having uh, been the been on the back end of a, of a great comeback by uh, the, the Texas Longhorns in Lubbock he's, he's just a different cat so when you see him fail he won't get frustrated it's similar to you know what I heard Sark, Sark talk about uh, in body language and behavior which gets to, you know, probably something else you want to talk about is culture. But I'm, I'm proud of Alan Bowman, what he's become as a young man. Uh, we'll see if he has enough in the tank to even make it a close game. Longhorns favored 13 and a half, I believe. Yeah. Hey, uh, Craig, that's great stuff. And now, now uh, Alan Bowman has a graduate degree from Michigan where he transferred and now he's playing. And, yeah. you know, I think we all can remember how we were when we were 18 versus 23 or 24 years old. Uh, and to, to have all that experience, you can't coach it, you can't teach it, but then perspective. And you have always been great teaching me and our audience about uh, leadership. And, you know, I think, you know, Longhorn fans are now hearing Steve Sarkeesian speak on culture. 
uh, and how he's, you know, you know, he and his team have been you know, very deliberate about how they build their culture. He talked yesterday about Culture Wednesdays and, and sharing and being open. And, you know, when they do have Culture Wednesdays, he's always made a point to be the first to speak uh, when they do that and do culture exercises and the first one to be vulnerable and say something that uh, maybe you wouldn't expect your head coach to say. Uh, and that's been deliberate and intentional by him. Uh, you know, Longhorn fan, we always, the text line fires up. And people love hearing from Sark talking about those things. Uh, and you can compare that to what we're seeing down at Texas A&M with Jimbo Fisher. We certainly saw it at Texas before with Tom Herman. You know, it seems like those two guys, you know, did everything wrong when it came to culture. It does feel like, in addition to adding good players and developing good players, that Steve Sarkeesian is doing a real good job when it comes to, to developing the culture and the character and looking for character and making sure that matters. Well, Ryan Holiday, a great Texan, wrote a book called Ego is the Enemy one of the ones that I recommend. And whenever I'm asked if I would consider working with a coach, uh, even in the SEC, one of the things that I mention is, okay, I need to spend at least an hour alone with that head coach to determine if this is somebody that, that uh, is humble enough and willing to grow. Uh, and I don't care what age he is. And that's what you see, you know, out of Alabama, uh, with with Nick, he's he's always learning, and there are some coaches who just refuse because of their ego um, and because of a lack of willingness to be vulnerable. Because quite frankly, they're they're afraid to being discovered, perhaps as a fraud, and that's just the truth. And there are coaches where I've just said, no, I'm I'm sorry, I, I'm I'm not going to be able to work with that particular coach. And you're familiar with a couple of them, so. Uh, what I've enjoyed watching about, you know, Sark is, is he does start with himself. And what we know about great culture is that members of the team, uh, they have extraordinary situational awareness, self-awareness, and then they take an action. And that action may be um, the first to, to raise their hand and accept responsibility, even if they had nothing to do with the issue that occurred. And then when there is success, they're the first to deflect credit. And you often hear them speaking about we, us, and our, as opposed to I, me, and, and my. And I'm, you see that. I've seen that develop now over the last 18 months uh, with the Longhorn program. And, and that takes a lot of patience, a lot of discipline. And, you know, that they'll ask, wow, how does that guy do that? And then the answer often is, I don't know, but he's out here every day. So you've got to, if you want 225 pounds of character to show up as part of your culture, you've actually got to rep it. And there are many programs that use Wednesday. I don't know why Wednesday is such a popular day of the week, but there are a lot of programs, not just in football, but I know a D1 baseball program that uses Wednesday as well as their character rep day. And they're practicing behavior. They're practicing being vulnerable and accepting responsibility in the course that starts at the top and the, the biggest threat to that is an ego uh, ego is the enemy and yeah you got to rep it and then uh, as you heard sark say that the natural transition is then as that uh, culture starts to build it's the players who start to police the players and the players police the locker room because it's been um you know it's been shown to them because sark's willing to do it his coaching staff is willing to do it and take take blame and take acceptance, and that's the important part. And then uh, the players just uh, – that's that's the culture. And I thought Sark said it well a couple of weeks ago when he talked about it's not a sign on the wall, it's not a T-shirt you wear. It's, it's as you said, it's, it's just every day. It's just how you operate. Now,
Now, let me ask you this. So for our Aggie fans out there, uh, Jimbo Fisher clearly had lost control of that team, and you know, there's a lot of reporting he was chasing stars and chasing five stars and not really at all coaching uh, character and coaching rep and didn't care uh, who he brought into his locker room. What do you know about Mike Elko? I know you've worked uh, in the past with the A&M Athletic Department in a lot of different and phases, but do you know Mike Elko, and what do you think about him big picture as uh, taking over that program? I, I do not know Mike Elko, but I have watched him from afar uh, with what he did at Duke. I think he learned a great deal uh, while he was at A&M, and I think he became very humble and vulnerable, sometimes uh, as a result of a negative experience under some toxic leadership. And, you know, I think that when you reflect back on what Sark has gone through, his entire life, sometimes it takes a significant emotional event to, for one to discover, you know, exactly who they are and how they want to build programs and behave themselves. So I think they've got a, a, a good guy there in, in Mike Elko, and I think that they are going to recruit talent and character. But if you only recruit talent, you, you may win one or two seasons uh, and you may get another great job offer but if you only recruit talent eventually uh, you end up being fired for behavior because the toxicity has a tendency of attracting more toxicity and it just starts to build just the opposite of what of what Sark has done and the Longhorns got to be careful here with all this high excitement in the yard sale also known as the portal and that they are careful of who they bring in uh, to this culture that they've been so intentional about building um, you want to make sure that you know ideally you want five-star talent with five-star character that's rare that doesn't occur especially with 18 to 24 year olds that are still developing their prefrontal cortex but um, you've got to look for it and if you look for it and you commit to it uh, it ends up attracting uh, even more high character guys and eventually th this thing starts uh, rolling in a way that Everyone wants to come to your program, not just because it's a winning program, but because it's developing young men of character who win in life and also on Saturdays. Remember the three questions that the most elite teams on the planet ask when they are recruiting are, can they do it? Are they tactically skilled enough? Will they do it? Do they have the discipline? And the final question and you got to get a yes to all three of these to be selected is will others do it with them? Uh, and so many times, particularly in the sec where it just costs more, um, that third question is a, is a no, but we don't care. Will others do it with them? No, but we don't care because he's a five-star athlete. And then once you do that, you perhaps have introduced toxicity into a, a culture that you're trying to cultivate. So, Big challenge out there in the next coming weeks, but nothing more challenging than the game ahead. And uh, Alan Bowman's a different quarterback than they faced in Lubbock a few years ago. There you go. That's why we love talking to Craig Flowers. Got a nice Texas man. I didn't realize how much I missed listening to Colonel Flowers on Saturday mornings. Uh, we do too. Thank you, Craig. The difference between toxic leadership and uh, genuine leadership, and I think it's something we can all borrow in our day-to-day -day lives and our jobs and our, our families. Uh, do you want to be a toxic leader? Do you want to be a genuine leader? It's a question we can all ask. And as you said, there are books out there. There are um, you know, investments you can make if you want to learn more about that. Uh, there certainly are, are plenty of options to become a more genuine leader. Just because you aren't right now, uh, Colonel, in whatever phase of life you're in doesn't mean you can't become one. Oh, leadership is, is, is developed. 
people maybe, you know, we're born with a personality. Uh, that's why we chose the pet that we have. Oh, he's got a great personality. We didn't choose the pet. The pet chose us. Well, if you don't, if you don't train and develop that personality and develop leadership skills and behavior skills, you're going to have a, a dog with a great personality that craps all over the house. So you've got to actually train uh, leadership and character if you want it to show up. If you don't care about it, you just want to throw a bunch of talent out there and see what happens. Well, don't be surprised if when you need character the most, it doesn't show up because you haven't you haven't trained it. Uh, next week, uh, I know you'll you'll want to cover this. Uh, it is the final football game of the regular season, and that's the 124th Army Navy game in this year in Massachusetts. Awesome. Uh, well, we'll certainly bring you back next week to preview that because it's always a, a different conversation. I did see the uniforms, the uh, the cadets of the Army team will be wearing. They're pretty cool, <laughs> really cool unis. Uh, they always come up with something special. Uh, something special there. Thank you, Craig. Appreciate it, my friend, uh, relaying the conversation with Alan Bowman, who the Longhorns will face on Saturday. Uh, leadership talk from the College Station and here in Austin. Thank you, my friend. Good to hear you. We'll see you on the high ground. There it is, Craig Flowers. Coming back, uh, we will play some Who Said That. Also, top of next hour, we'll play. I'll play the cut that uh, Sark talked about yesterday, the Culture Wednesdays, and uh, you know, more insight on, on how Sark has been, as he said, intentional and deliberate with how they build their culture. And it's an important point that Craig Flowers just made. You know, when you're going into the transfer portal, you don't want to be bringing in people. They may be talented, but they got to fit what culture you've built because those are the guys that come in and ruin it and take it a totally different direction. Uh, we'll talk about that. And Sark, I think, has been clear that we, we're going to be looking for that, not just talent, but people who fit what we've built here. We'll come back, hit that. Plus, who said that? And as we said, Jerry Hamilton and Ari Temkin next hour. Let's hook them up with Ian Rodby. Just a small delay on the northbound side of I-35 uh, coming up from William Cannon to Stasty. But from Ben White to downtown, it's still slow. It could be crashed in that area. As uh, we check a Mopac southbound again, uh, 2222 to Camp Mabry, 35th slow north of there. Things are easing up. The crash south of uh, 183 on Mopac southbound appears to be uh, done. So uh, that's good news too. East 6th Street at Robert T. Matatinas Jr. Street. We do have a crash reported. Just a minor fender bender east of I-35. I'm Don Biller. That's traffic. Dr. Greg Eckert, you just heard uh, Colonel Flowers talk about his experience with Dr. Eckert, my experience, so many of you. And Dr. Eckert has told me that, man, so many folks have called and come in and uh, they have seen what, what uh, my smile transformation was all about, Dr. Uh, Colonel Flowers as well. Uh, you know, and the, the, the interesting part is that um, you know, sometimes smiles aren't all, all that bad, right? For me, it was I was a teeth grinder. My teeth weren't terrible if you looked at them. They, but uh, as a teeth grinder at night while I would sleep, uh, I would grind my teeth down. And, uh, you know, over a course of 45 years, all of a sudden, uh, I have to really smile to smile because my teeth are, are smaller than they were uh, after being ground down. And so Dr. Eckert went to work. We built a plan. And uh, in one day, I went in with a smile that I wasn't happy with. I came out with a smile that I love. And that's what it's about with Dr. Greg Eckert. He did it with so many folks and uh, can restore your teeth. If it's only it's a couple teeth, maybe it's uh, just the top, maybe it's all of them, whatever it might be. And if you've been told you need all new teeth, the permanently secure dental implants, such a better option than dentures these days. The, the advancements have been unbelievable. Uh, and again, it's in one day uh, permanently. Uh, so if you've been told you need to have your teeth replaced, call Dr. Eckert, learn more about the revolutionary alternative to dentures. Uh, 27 years Dr. Eckert's been doing this, and as Craig Flowers just attested to, and I can too, it can truly change your life. 345-3166, the phone number is 512-345-3166. It's uh, general dentistry, cosmetic dentistry, dentistry, teeth in a day with Dr. Greg Eckert with a U, U-E-C-K-E-R-T. Ooh, who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Who said that?
appreciate Craig Flowers. I think in the uh, fabulous fifth hour to come, you'll appreciate uh, hearing from Ari Temkin of Sirius XM's Big 12 Radio, his assessment of this game. And, of course, he picked uh, Oklahoma State to win the Big 12 championship, one of the few I ever heard, picking Mike Gundy's team way back before the season started. They've got a chance to win it. Texas, of course, a two-touchdown favorite in this game. Just heard Craig Flowers talking about their, their quarterback, a mature player the Longhorns will face, also Ollie Gordon. Also next hour, Jerry Hamilton uh, will join us. G uh, from Inside Texas, their senior national recruiting analyst how uh, the Longhorns recruiting efforts are going and the portal opening it up. His thoughts on this Texas game, really good stuff. Uh, but also on the horn uh, every afternoon in a round of who said that, I think you will know this voice, hopefully you're listening every afternoon, who said this with Rod Babers and uh, Ty and myself, who is, who is this there, T.Y.? Frank Reich, who does not deserve the fate that he has now suffered in back-to-back seasons to become the first coach in the Super Bowl era since the merger to be fired in the middle of a season in back-to-back seasons. This man does not deserve having that on his resume. He was hired to go to Carolina and hook himself up to, at the time, you know, a future quarterback that nobody knew the name of, to try and take a team that had just missed the playoffs last year, despite bouncing their head coach in the middle of the season last year in Matt Rule. Now they have the same number of losses through 11 games that they had in 17 games last year. And the the numbers are not pretty. They are not pretty, especially since this team went all in to go get Frank Reich, in their mind, the best quarterback in last year's draft in Bryce Young out of Alabama. So it ain't pretty, but it usually is not going to be framed and placed in the Louvre in your first year as head coach in the NFL, especially when you go get the guy in the draft and he may not be ready to win in the league because more often than not, they are not. Usually there's going to be a lot of hiccups, especially when in acquiring the rights to draft the quarterback you want. You trade away your best playmaker on offense to catch the ball (laughs) from him. Yeah. (laughs) And if you're the owner who said There we go. Who said it there, Ty? You know who that is, right? Rich Eisen. Yeah, Rich Eisen every afternoon here on the Horn after Jim Rome. And there you go. I mean, that's what I said in the rant earlier. I mean, uh, uh, whatever you think of Frank Reich, the owner is, is an idiot here. Uh, he's a billionaire, so it's his team. He can do what he wants, but um, ridiculous. He's proven to be an impulsive decision maker, the owner, which typically doesn't work very good. You, you targeted this coach. I mean, he was one of the first hires last year when the cycle began because people felt like he got a bad, a raw deal in uh, in Indianapolis when you know their crazy owner per se hired Saturday out of the ESPN booth. Come coach his team. I mean, we're making these decisions, and then by all accounts. You hire this guy, Frank Reich, and he wanted C.J. Stroud. You, as the owner, decided you wanted Bryce Young because you know more about football than your football coach. And C.J. Stroud's playing to an MVP level right now, certainly rookie of the year, and looks great. Bryce Young's struggling, and you're going to fire the coach? I blame yourself. Listen to what Steve, what uh, Colonel Flowers just said. Look inward. Uh, don't make another rash decision. Uh, stick with the coach you hired. You hired him for a reason, and then, you know, I mean, I, I just – that. It's your money. Do what you want with it. But uh, don't expect the Carolina Panthers to be any good anytime soon. In addition to trading D.J. Moore away, 
who would have been the top target for Bryce Young. They also traded this year's number one pick, so they don't have one. So who's going to want that job? Name me a coach who wants to coach the Carolina Panthers. Now, good luck on that search there, Dave Tepper. Uh, you've put yourself in a terrible situation, but it's your own doing. We'll be back. Fabulous fifth hour to come on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby.